0: Friends, at the start of my reflection, I want to ask you to pray for this young man, Dominic Fernandez. He was my student in Bombay. He just died last night with COVID-19. I offer my condolences to his parents, his brothers. I knew them all. They were like teenager here, you know, growing up like David and Annika and all teenagers, so like Abby. So we pray for the Lord grant Dominic eternal peace and that he will cheer for us before God in heaven because heaven is our destiny. Eternal life is what we look forward to. So that has been heavy on my heart and I pray Manuel and all of you are there just hanging there. I'm praying for you and your family, and so is my community here, praying for you. Friends, I always, as a teenager, as a kid, I always thought of this gospel as odd. Why would Jesus say, whoever loves father, mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves his children, daughter, son more than me is not worthy of me. Why would Jesus say that? I always wrestled with that as a a teenager like Peter and all here. I thought, you know, Jesus, I thought God really was a God who loved family, a God who loved community, a God who loved, you know, devoted families and children. So why would Jesus make such a radical, shocking statement to say that whoever loves Mother, father, children, brothers, sisters, more than me is not worthy of me. Why would Jesus say that? And it's truly shocking. Well, this radical statement Jesus makes because he is Jesus, because he is God, and because God can make and can demand that from his sons and daughters, from his children, from his creation. If you look back to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 to 6, it will tell you the Shema prayer that every Jew was called to pray. And not just to pray, to write it on their sleeves, to put, it, put a pendant on your you know, forehead and go around with that saying, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is God. And you shall love the Lord your God alone, with all your heart, your mind, and your strength. And that's the God, Jesus, who in very discreet way, who in very indirect way, is telling us that he is God. He is telling us that we are called to love him. To serve him as God and not just to love and serve him, but even sacrifice for him. Think about the second part of that first portion of the gospel where Jesus says, If you do not deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me, hmm, you're not worthy of me. Right? That's that's shocking. But again, as as we know now that uh, book of Deuteronomy, the Old Testament, Jesus, the Son of God, and the New Testament can demand that from us, can ask that from us. And we have a choice whether to follow Jesus as his disciples or to withdraw from Jesus as his disciples. Many followed, many left. Many started, many fell apart on their way. You know, as we Come back to faith and salvation. How do we take this message of Jesus, who says undivided attention, brothers and sisters, and who says, you know, love of God, who is our Father, love of God, who is the second person of the Trinity, Jesus, love of God, who is the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, whose action does all this for us. I'm no magician. Holy Spirit does it for us. So that is the family in itself. So you love that family, and through your love for that family, you love your own family. You love your children, your spouse, your brother, your sister, your neighbor, your friend. And that's the kind of radical love God is asking us from top down. If you say you love a God whom you cannot see, and you do not love your brother whom you can see, our Apostle John, our patron saint, says, You are a liar, right? So loving God has to come down to loving our brother, our sister, our neighbor, our spouse, our loved ones. So that's the first radical part of today's gospel. So as we reopen our hearts to come back to God, some of you coming for the first time, some few really desiring, you know, watching through the live streamed mass, thanks to Cyrus and all our team here. They do a production, as I say, but so that you can stay connected. This is our hope so that you as a family of faith who's virtually present through your pictures in every row here and worshiping from a distance, friends, you are not forgotten. God has not forgotten you. You're a member of this family of faith, and we want to stay connected with you. So while you're waiting and hoping that this thing will die down, while there is so much of nervousness, I was talking to my Don, Louise, and asking them, there's a lot of fear in everybody. And I get it, and we get it. And I know you will come when you're ready. But till then... Let's not be slack on our faith. Let's not take it for granted. Let's see how we can re-energize, revitalize while we are waiting to open our hearts and our doors of the church to let you in. Let this be an unusual coming forth. Because I know you are people of faith who love your God so much and you can't wait to come back. And we are preparing every way to make this comeback a real strong comeback. In our faith, deep within our hearts, not just external, but internal, deep within ourselves. So loving God, let's look at that real clause and see how can that be much different from what it has been in the past. How can I change certain things? How can I bring the unusual into this usual of worshiping God and really, truly be the difference in my family, whether children, husband, wife, parents, brothers, sisters, neighbors, friends. Second part of the gospel is, is beautiful as well. You know, I thought, you know, when I came to America, I heard this saying quite a bit. They would say, no free lunch, Father, no free lunch, right? And then now I drive from my church house, I live a mile and a half up, when I come down on... Lynn and Leland, there's a wonderful woman, a generous woman, reminds me of this Shin, Shinamite woman in the first reading today. She puts out lunches and she says, free lunches, take what you want, right? And then I see when I come back from my lunch break, all's gone. I wish I had taken one when I was going through my lunch break. No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, see the generosity of this woman, You know, she gives for free because she knows she started this with COVID-19 lockdown very generously. And every day, sack lunches, I'm sure she makes them. I didn't see any burger sign there. So she makes them, home-cooked food. So what a generosity, right? Generosity, hospitality is paid, you know, hundredfold. Think about the Shunammite woman. She saw this ill. Elisha, or Elisha, walking always, and then she invites him, gives him food, he eats, goes to do his, you know, prophetic work, and then finally she says to her husband, she's a very influential woman. She says, "Let's build a little room for him, you know, and let him dine and rest here, and then do his work." She has no idea who this man is, and then Prophet Elisha, as you know, asks his servant. Do you think we can help this woman in any way? And he says, oh yeah, I think you could. She has no son. And she and her husband advanced in age, right? And so you hear what the prophet says. He gives a prophetic message. And the woman, a year later, does give birth to a son. But guess what happened? If you read further on, this child dies. He certainly dies. And so the Shunammite woman is troubled. She goes to look after Elisha, where he is. Where's this prophet? And she finds him. And she brings him back home. And she says to him, heal my son. Bring him back to life. And he does. And the prophet does. And the child is brought back to life and given to his mother, the Shunammite woman. Friends, God will never be outdone in generosity through his prophet's and modern-day prophets, men and women who serve us in different ways in ministries throughout the world, the Catholic Church, the Christian Church, and all our brothers and sisters who, learn, who serve through their faith life that draws them to serve in, you know, in amazing ways, like the Shunammite women, like the Lynn Avenue woman. So that's that's the calling. You know, Jesus starts new ministry today called hospitality. He says, whoever treats my, you know, my prophets, my men and women who reaches out, you know, in, in ministry and you feed them, you take care of them, you know, you'll receive a prophet's reward. Whoever is hospitable to a righteous man will be receiving a righteous man's reward. So what you do, what you give, will be given back to you a hundredfold. Here at St. John's, we're going to start the hospitality ministry. We've started, in fact, you know, you saw our hospitality minister today, Corinne, this mass, inviting you and in making the announcements. You know, sometimes we might think, okay, who needs hospitality? We know everybody. No, you don't. You don't. You know, today look around and tell me if you know that couple, you know, Caleb just entered the Catholic Church, he was received, you know, after the Easter vigil recently and he's here with his wife, you know, there are others in the back, I won't tell you who they are, you can find out after Mass, that way when you have hundreds of people here, how many would you know, right, Jerry and Judy, right? How would you know them? Because you go to a certain mass, you don't go to the other mass. So hospitality doesn't just mean saying hello, but really taking an interest in each other's lives and seeing how we can reach out to them and help them and seeing how reaching out and helping them can be a blessing to us. Hospitality would mean that these prophets that come through the doors to worship with us, could really be fed and welcomed and be known by name and be recognized as individuals, brothers and sisters, mystical body of Christ, people of faith. And when we are hospitable, it will come back to us through God's grace and blessings a hundredfold, just as Jesus prophesies, uh, prophesies in the gospel, or he talks about how if you give, You will receive a prophet's reward, a righteous man's reward. You see the Shunammite woman receiving her reward. So four things. I know gospel has lots of messages for us today, but love, sacrifice, hospitality, and, you know, being prophetic. Like, how can you be a prophet Let's see, you know, as a wife telling her husband, well, I see you stressed out with work on maybe uh, you, you fear that you will lose your job. You know, can you say, wife is saying to you now, can you spend a little more time in prayer? You know, so you take that to heart. Maybe that's a prophetic message for you to, you know, really grow in your faith. The husband says to the family, can we gather together and read the Bible And pray the devotions, maybe the rosary, you know, every day, you know. That could be a prophetic message to the whole family. A teenage child says, can we reach out to this homeless people and those in need and help them out through St. Vincent de Paul Welcome Cafe or other ministries or can we become part of the hospitality ministry at St. John's so that nobody has to open the doors. We would open those doors for them so that they can open their hearts and enter the church and worship with us as no strangers but members of of the family of God here at St. John the Apostle. Friends, see how God inspires you today. See how God is calling you today to be prophetic, to be a disciple. There is cost to discipleship, but through our faithfulness, we will reach heaven as our eternal goal. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.